0: Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the Veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's Welcome do to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Christine Mills. Today, I'm super excited to have Carwana D., who is a certified business coach turned government contract strategist. She is a successful entrepreneur, author, and fiery motivational speaker. Carwana has a fierce focus and determination of helping other minority business owners unleash their greatest potential to achieve their business goals so that they can build a lasting legacy business. Carwana is a master in empowering small business owners to grow profitable businesses so they can have successful and sustainable businesses with consistent income by revealing the biggest kept secrets of government contracts. She has been featured on many platforms, including CBS, NBC, Fox, Star Tribune Business, SBA, SBDC, and more, where she has helped many gain clarity of vision and take charge of their success. Welcome to the show, Carwana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about this conversation. But um, before we begin, I always like to learn a little bit about the guests. So tell us a little bit about Coruana and your background and your upbringing. Sure, yes, absolutely. So um, so I've been in business for about 22 years. Of course, I, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm the fourth of seven children to a single parent. And um, I'm a mom, so I'm also a mompreneur. <laughs> um, and, yeah, which, which I love, you know, so I love talking to mompreneurs um, to let them know, like, what's what's really possible. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's in a, in a gist, like, I really always wanted to do something different other than, um, you know, past, you know, the, the regular traditional things that we pass down. We see moms go to work really hard you know, pay the bills and struggle to make ends meet and all those different things. You see her grandparents do the same thing and work their fingers to the bone. So for me, growing up uh, um, at an early age, I always knew that I wanted to do something different. I just had no clue that it was going to be entrepreneurship that propelled me into being able to be different, right, um, from from the past. So that's a little bit about myself. Of course, I grew up in, a, in an urban community where there weren't a lot of, you know, superstars. As role models around, so I had to become the person that I wanted to see in the nutshell. Mm. I love that. I, I love that you have to become the person you wanted to see. You know, I've I've actually never been to San Francisco, but what was that like growing up in San Francisco? Very colorful. <laughs> so, so <I> mean, of <laughs> course I would, like when I say that I mean like I went to I went to a public school, so it was, you know it was very different from um, until I began to travel the world, I that, I didn't realize how different it was growing up um, in an urban community, going to a public school. You know, of course, there was a lot of blight in our communities. There was a lot of, like, gang violence and, like, things that traditionally you should not see as a kid growing up. But I saw a lot of things that I probably should not have seen, you know, when it comes to, like, um, li- you know, living and growing up in a urban community that is, like, disenfranchised and things of that nature. Um, but we always had, of course, everything that we wanted, um, you know, growing up. Not everything that we wanted. Everything that we needed growing up. There's a lot of things that we could not afford that we wanted also, which made me the type of person that always wanted more. So I strive to do, try to do things differently um, so that I can have more, you know, if that makes sense. But... Um, but then we go, you know, very cultural, you know, so I had a really great childhood growing up um in like immersed in music and you know, the music culture. Um but yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's pretty much how it was. That's amazing. Um yeah, it's just I always start with childhood and how we grew up because I really do believe it shapes us and how we view life. Uh and um, you know, at one point where that entrepreneurial bug hits you, uh, bites you, I should say, because, uh, you know, you're in a situation where you're like, okay, I may, it may start off like I may want a little bit more than my family could afford. So right. let me start a little side business. What was it that started that first step of entrepreneurship? Well, I think for me, like, because I always wanted to strive for more, I initially bought into the American dream. So I thought, that by going to school, getting an education, going off to college, was going to be my way out. You know, when you're growing up from, like, neighborhoods mm-hmm. and communities that I grew up in, all you're thinking about is one day I'm going to get out, right? And so um, so I, I so I followed the, what the typical is, an American dream, what we call the American dream. So I went to college, um, ended up with over $150,000 in student loan debt, got a job that was paying fair, fairly well. Um, it's paying about eighty, ninety thousand 90,000 a year, working 40 to 50 hours a week, um, uh, which was pretty good for like a 20-something-year-old, right? Uh, but yeah. I worked my fingers to the bone, and it wasn't until I started having children that's where the, the whole idea of entrepreneurship came into. I started having children, and I knew that, um, working was like, it was so tiresome to, and I was missing out on, all the important moments, like the first steps, the first words, because I had to leave my child at daycare at 5 in the morning to get to work by 7, and then I wouldn't get off work till 5 and go pick her up. By the time we get home, it's like, now it's time to eat and go to bed and do the same thing the next day. And okay. so I really just kind of took a step back and started, like – um brainstorming on, like, what can I do different? What am I doing wrong? And I started looking at and doing research on all the people who who had and enjoyed the lifestyle that I aspired to have. And what I realized and what they had in common is they were all working for themselves. And that's when the light bulb went off that um, the way to have the lifestyle that you want to really live is not by working for someone else and building their dream. You have to work for yourself and build your dream. And so I, I really just started following uh, my dreams. I was like, what do I really want to do? My passions, like, what did I really go to school for? And the first thing that I, you know, that came to mind was like, hey, why don't you start a business for film and video videography? Because that's what I went to school for. Uh, and so that literally was like the beginning of entrepreneurship for me, like the journey started there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. I, I have two children and I just remember, like, when they're young, it was just a blur because you'll wake up, yeah. there's a mad rush to get out of the house, <laughs> and then a mad exactly. rush to get back home, and then exactly. you're just exhausted at 8 o'clock, and then you start all over again, and uh, and then before, you know, your children are 18 years old, then you're exactly. and you're to go. Exactly. And you're like, yeah. where did the time go? I missed all of the important things, yeah. you know, so I didn't, I didn't want that, you know, for myself, and so um, even though A lot of the things that we've been taught growing up, like a a lot of the belief systems and things that have been embedded in us, um, it's a part of the programming to make us believe that, you know, working for someone else was the gold. You know, that was the gold. But you really sacrifice all of those precious moments with your family when you're working for someone else, and you actually sacrifice years of your life, you know, and and we think that... Um, you know, you're supposed to work 30, 40 years for someone, then retire and then enjoy. But by the time you're 65, 70 years old, what much life do you have left? You know, maybe, hopefully, 20 years, but why not enjoy life while you're young and while you're building? Like, and so I knew that um, being an entrepreneur was going to be the way, the pathway to doing that, but even then, we were taught. And I went to school for business too. That it's gonna take, you know, two to five years to really grow a business and to be able to get it off the ground and you gotta bootstrap so you gotta go in with a struggling mindset, right? And and I did that too. So for the first five years in business, I bootstrapped my way. Um, I barely made ends meet. I struggled, I tried to figure out how to make it how to make a dollar out of fifteen cents and it just was not <laughs> working for me. You know? <laughs> like literally. Yeah. And and then and then um I had the opportunity to actually work with a, a billionaire that I actually knew from church, and, um, oh, and wow. I was actually helping him build his portfolio with my skill set, doing photography and doing, like, web design and doing, like, video production for him as a freelancer, and I just really just one day was like, let me just ask this guy, how did he do it? You know, cause I, like, I'm an entrepreneur. This is supposed to be the way to financial freedom. Well, why is it not working for me? What am I doing wrong? And then he actually was the one who opened my eyes and enlightened me that the government um, could be my client. And he told me that the same thing that you're doing for me, you can actually do for the government, and um, they will pay you a 100 times more, right, than what you're getting paid from me or any other um, individual client. And that really was all it took for me to understand that the government had money for small business entrepreneurs. And that was it. So I, I made a commitment to figure out everything that I knew I needed to learn about how to do business with the government and make them my client. And literally, I went from, um, once I figured it out, I went from working 40, 50 hours a week, um, making only twenty to $30,000 a year to actually making $70,000 in a single month in a 28-day period. Um, when wow. I landed my first government contract. And that's when I knew I was onto something um that was different, right? Um and that's when I realized that the government spends, you know, multiple trillions of dollars on business products and services annually and they are obligated to do business with small businesses and people who look like me and um women and minorities and those who have been disenfranchised. And that's when I realized like all of the, the top business business moguls that I've looked at looked up to and inspired uh, for uh, was inspired by for all of these years, um, that were making you know 500 fortune company lists and things of that nature. Well, the secret was they, they're doing business with the government, and I realized that I can also do business with the government, even my small little me, right? And so, I'm like, this is how you level the playing field for really creating wealth as an entrepreneur. Hmm. I, I love. There are a couple of things I really love with what you just said. One is that your your client was a billionaire. Um, and not only that, you asked him how did he become a billionaire. Uh, yeah. Some people would be afraid to even just ask that question. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I, I love the fact that um, you secured a billionaire as your client, one, and two, you were bold enough to ask about how he got there. Um you know, also like I'm going I'm sorry. I was gonna say, you know, like the what what made me ask because like you said, you're correct. Most people would not be brave enough to ask the question. But yeah, I was really in a position to where I couldn't pay my bills and I was behind on everything, the lights were being shut off, but yet I'm an entrepreneur and I'm struggling. And what really hit home for me was I remember very clearly. I had my son. who was like seven years old at the time, and so he was like going through a growth spurt. And I was going. I was in the middle of like a separation and a divorce, and I could not afford to buy him shoes, but yet he had holes in his shoes. And I said, "This is it." That well, that's what made me bold enough to ask that question. Yeah, and and, and I'm sure you're just looking like it looks so easy for him. <laughs> Why is it right? so hard for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes.
0: And um, so tell me a little bit more about the government contract. I mean, that's a big difference in numbers. You said you went from making twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year to $70,000 in one month. That's a game changer for Absolutely. a family, for a business, for an individual, for a community. So t- tell me a little bit, like you said, you went through, you, you learned everything about government contract and, but, what did you start doing? I know you were doing videos and yeah. um, websites. Was that what you introduced into that model with the government yeah. contracting? Yep. So I so the exact same thing that I was doing for, like, pennies on the dollar, you know, with individual clients, I actually just started offering those same services to the government, and they pay you, like, you know, I don't even know. I can't even – it's just multiple, a multitude, <laughs> you know, of yeah. contracting opportunities. <laughs> the exact same service and it's, it's so crazy because i remember um at like really just trying to convince particular small businesses or even like individual clients like hey let me let me videotape your wedding or let me videotape you know your birthday let me do these things for like six hundred dollars right that same service that i was offering for six hundred dollars that individual people could didn't even have the money to pay or couldn't pay or didn't want to pay that much they thought that was a lot to them like, literally, I've gotten paid multiple six figures for the same amount of work um, when it comes to the government. So what I realize is a lot of times people think the government, you're thinking of big entity, you're thinking war, you're thinking military or presidential, you're thinking all these other things, right? But literally, the government um, is just, it's a bunch of buildings. You know, it's a bunch of buildings with people like us in it. And so they actually utilize all the services that we offer as entrepreneurs. So it's just serving a multitude of people in buildings. That's what it is. And so according to the um, the usaspending.gov, in 2019, the, the federal government alone, so there's three levels of government. There's federal, there's state, there's local. The federal government alone spent um, over $6 trillion on products and services. These are the services that we offer to individual people every day. The government spent $6 trillion on that. And by 20, 2020, that increased spend, and this is during COVID, right, when everybody else was businesses was failing, that that spend increased by $3 trillion. So that's $9 trillion, right? And by 2021, it was up to $10 trillion in spending on the federal level and upwards of 26% was obligated to be spent with minority-owned and women-owned businesses and businesses that are at a, a, a huge disadvantage, right? And so that's $2.6 trillion that's on the table. Once I understood how the the laws that govern government contracts really work, I understood that this is really not only the biggest-kept secret that every small business owner could uh, take advantage of and leverage to actually scale their business faster, But that very law actually allowed me to not only just land that one contract, but I had like five to ten contracts simultaneously, similar size, similar scope on top of each other. So before I knew it, my business literally was making six figures in a single month, doing the same amount of work, not even working harder or working more hours or any of that stuff. It's just working more strategically and with a client that already has the money to pay. I love that. With a client that already has the money to pay, um, how long was the process? So, like, say for instance, January first, you're like, you know what, I'm going to make the government my client. How long did it yeah. take for you to secure that first contract? So, when I made the decision to do it, of course, it's for me at the time that I made the decision. I had I I was still I still had an, a what do you call it employee employee mindset. So at the time yeah. that I made the decision, um, let's just say maybe it was around January ish. But I didn't land my first contract for six months. But here's the reason. And even that was good, right? Because, you know, most people don't even make their first uh, profit until, like, two to five years out because they believe that. But here's where I had to grow and get out of my own way. Number one, I had an entrepreneur – I had an uh, employee mindset. Number one, I didn't believe in investing in educating uh, education for myself personal development for myself, tools and resources to help me create systems. It wasn't until, like, literally I used to go to these um, these networking events and, like, business expos, and all of these vendors will be here, like, buy this and buy that. It's going to help you scale your business and grow your business and create a CRM and all of these different things. I'm like, I literally had the mindset that – I had a scarcity mindset that, oh, if I invest in this, then I'm going to be pulling from – my money like I'm gonna, I'm going to be poor right if yeah. I if I invest in these tools and so it wasn't until I actually understood that investing in yourself and getting those tools was, would actually make you more money when I did that mm-hmm. I actually created um invested in like a CRM um, that helped me communicate with the government faster built my my list of contacts at the government, be able to streamline the process, the looking, pitching and winning government contracts, that's when I actually landed the contract. So it literally really took me like four or five months to change my mindset from a saver to an investor, and then that other two months was just like, Pushing a button to make it happen for myself. So literally, even though it, it was a six-month period, most of that month, that that six-month period was me developing and becoming a person, right? A different person that allowed me to be able to have that type of success. So um, today I have, uh, because I've streamlined the process so clearly, um, I've, I have clients that are landing contracts, like, within their first 90 days. Um, a few of them wow, even so rare. They're landing contracts within their first five weeks. And so it's, it's literally because if you do the, the the internal work before you actually get, you know, get ready to do the government contracting part, it doesn't take that long, right? So it's a lot of internal work. So some people, you know, they have a lot of work to do internally before you can attract yeah. that type of success externally, right? You have to work on you before you can get that type of success. So um, generally I say a person needs to give themselves six, six months, six to twelve, right? Especially if they have a lot of a lot of work to do internally. Um, but if they're like they've already invested in themselves, they believe in seeding and investing, then it's easier for them to get the results much faster. Now someone might be listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, okay well I you know, I don't know if my industry is the best candidate for a government contract. Like are there ideal industries that will be perfect for this stream of business? I say that, like, literally the government buys everything. So I always say there is no one specific thing or type of service or product that will make you more successful in this realm than another. I say if you can – the key to it is actually positioning your business as a solution to problems that the government is looking to solve. So say, for instance, um, you know, there's a rise in homelessness. So if you have – if you're in real estate and you have housing, you can actually become a solution by housing um, homeless people in a program, and the government will award you like multi-million dollar contracts for that. So it's just about strategically thinking, thinking through the process of how I can solve this problem. So right now there's there's like a rise of, um, you know, there's all these weather, you know, things that's happening like there's storms and there's floods and all these things. Then after that there's tree damage and there's concrete damage, to all these different things, right? So you have to clean up your town to re to beautify the areas. And so if you are a janitorial company or a person that does tree cutting or something like that, then you have to position yourself as a person who can solve the problems to, you know, cleaning up the streets, right, and and beautifying the area, beautifying the landscape, right? And so it's really just about identifying the problem and solving a solution, becoming a solution, right, um, for that problem. And so if you can do that, like literally the government, um, you know, they they have a a need for, like, paper clips, things like that. So if if you sell products, regardless of the type of product, that you can sell, you can land lucrative contracts, multiple six figure contracts, just selling paper clips. That's a solution. If they have a need, you can solve it because you're already in the product space. And so um, that's why I say literally almost anybody can get a government contract. It's just about thinking outside the box and actually finding a way to solve a problem. When you solve problems, you will get paid very handsomely, <laughs> very well for that. And for me, it's just, it's the picture is so much bigger and so much clearer to me now that I've been in, been around in business for over 20 years but in the government contracting space for over about 15 years now the picture is so much more clear to me that um as an entrepreneur this is the way to actually create generational wealth like we talk about we we talk about creating wealth all the time but in order to create wealth you have to be in a position to actually make a lot of money over a short period of time and the government has deep pockets and they are they have the ability to sign checks that will give you a lot of money an influx of cash so that you can actually have the multitude of of, of income or revenues that you need to then employ for yourself. Like you can employ your money to continue to grow and, and make money. But this is the the best secret that's going to help you not only become a more scalable business but also a more successful business, but also to create generational wealth and then become a problem solver in, in the midst of that. just This is very exciting. Um, in your coaching business, have you found people who are like, Karana? I love what you're doing. I love what you can help me with. I'm going to start a business today, and I'm going to employ you as my coach to just have my clients be the government. Or do they already have to come to you as a business? Yeah, so so we have both. So I I would say about 98% of the people who come to me, they already have a business. Whether their business is okay. making money or not, they already have a business because you have to actually have have a business already in order to do business with the government. And so those are the clients that I love to work with. However, there are some exceptions. So, um the exceptions, very rare exceptions are Someone already had in mind to start a business, but they don't really you know know how to start the business and so um what we do, so we have this uh this five day immersion like government contracting immersions training where <laughs> excuse me um where I show you exactly what you need to have in your business when you're starting your business at the foundation. So that you can actually qualify for government contracts. So whether you're getting ready to start, because you can start a business in a day, right? So if you're if you're right. ready, not everybody is ready. Some people are have the idea. If you just have an idea that you want to do a business, but you're not serious, then you're probably not going to be the right person or the right fit for my program. But if you're the one that's like, hey, I have a, uh, I'm going, I'm getting ready to start this business. What do I need to do? And then you're gonna, you're an action taker, and you're actually going to start that business that day, then. Yeah, you're the exception, you know what I mean, because you take action. Um, you know what I mean? So, um, But ideally, mostly the people have already started their business. Um, whether they're, they've made a dollar or not, I can help them position their business to actually land those lucrative contracts. Now, do they have to be a certified women business owner, certified minority-owned business before they come to you? Or is that um, part of the process as well? Yeah, it's a part of the process. So we help them we help them identify all the different socio economic uh disadvantages that they have that they can use as leverage to actually speed up the process to landing a contract sooner. So um you don't necessarily have to have those certifications in order to do business with the government, but what it does is it gives you leverage. Um, for instance, there are large companies that are landing contracts with the government um, and when they have those multi-million dollar contracts or multi-billion dollar contracts, they're obligated and on the line to work with socioeconomic um, disadvantaged business owners like women and minorities. So having that certification in that case, it gives you leverage to work under a large company as a subcontractor, which is also a lucrative pathway to creating wealth as well. And so um, so the answer is, no, you don't have to already have that. We walk you through the process to help you get everything that you need, starting from the business foundation and the documents you need to have to marketing yourself, to certifying your business, to actually um, understanding the bidding process and pitching and winning those contracts. Great. Now, with the rise of, um, you know, solopreneurs and, as well as side hustle, like someone might be – working their regular job and they hear this and they're like, okay, I'm to start a business today. Um, I don't have that much time to dedicate to it, but I would love to have the government as my um, client, but I don't want to quit my job. Do you have clients mm-hmm. like those that you could help as well? Yeah, so so literally, um, and I keep saying the word literally. <laughs> That's my word for <laughs> today. Yeah. So, uh, so really, I would say that anyone that's on the fence and they want to do contracts, um, you know, on the side or whatever, it's something that you can do. You you still need to dedicate whether you're doing it um, off time or leveraging someone else's time or hiring like a VA to do some of the work for you. Um, you have to at least be able to commit, you know, five to 10 hours a week to be able to really see some results in your business. And I would say whatever it is that you're making on your job working full time. If you love your job, that's fine. You can You can maintain it. But what I would say is that one good government contract could be worth ten years worth of that revenue. One, Absolutely. one. So you really have to. You really have to choose. Where do you want to be? Like, where, like you have to know where you where you're going, right? Do you want to wait twenty, thirty years to retire, just over broke, you know, and and rely on a system that may not exist, Social Security and retirement that may just disappear by then? Or do you want to set yourself up for financial freedom to where you have one hundred percent control over your destiny? Difference, right? Whole difference. So you have to make the decision. Like, right? um, and so it's it's totally worth working your way out of a job if that's something that you aspire to do. I want people to know and realize that it's so possible with a contract. So, um, so so here's an example. I have a I have a colleague that I had been um, trying to figure out, like, are you interested in living financially free, or are you interested in just continuing to work for someone else? So anyway, he has a security. He had started a security, um, a security company, and I've been telling him for like, you know, two or three years, like, hey, you need to come do business with the government. Two or three years, he was like, what? Like, you know, just clueless cool as to what I was even talking about and was not an action taker, but one day his back was up against the wall and he said, Okay, so now I'm ready, right? So they say when the student is ready, the future will come. And so I kind of walked him through the process and the very first contract that he landed was a one million dollar a year contract for security. Oh so, yes and <laughs> yes, absolutely. So he was invoicing the government like seventy to eighty thousand dollars a month for that on that one million dollar contract. And so that is the difference between working for, you know, whatever you maybe you're working for eighty thousand a year, maybe a hundred thousand a year. You know, if you're if you're a high high paid executive, maybe you're making two hundred thousand dollars a year. But when it comes to government contracting, you can make a million dollars or more a year easily. So you have to decide where do you want to be. That's just one contract. Um yeah. you know there's a part of me, I'm like, that's awesome. Now, I hope that there there's also diversification, that the government is not going to be your only client, um, but it's a good client to have. <laughs> yeah. So so really, the government is, is my only client When in my contracting business. They are my only client. Um, there are some people, like, so there's, like, these three different business models. There's B2B. There's B2C, business-to-consumer, business-to-business, and then there's B2G, business-to-government, right? So you can have a hybrid business where you're still working with individual people. Just know that that's not sustainable. It's the government funding, you know, or the government contract that's, that's more sustainable because they give you, award you large lucrative of contracts, and typically those contracts are either renewable up to five years or ten years, um, or they are in terms of two to five years. So that gives you, like, sustainability, Um, And kind of like so you don't have to worry about when there are recessions and pandemics and all these other things that happen and your individual people or customer clientele stop spending because they're afraid, right, then what, right? So if you don't have the government as your baseline, then, you know, really you set yourself up for failure. So you can have both, a hybrid, you know, or you can have all three and do business with other businesses as well. Um, it's strictly up to you, but really all you need is the government as your client because the government spends money, they print the money, they never run out of the money, and every every time that there's a huge problem, they're spending more money to solve those problems. And so all you have to do is really commit to being a problem solver, and and you'll be good. That's very true. And then also too on the banking side, you know, say for instance you have to get staffed up, and you have a tree trimming company, and you have to you have to hire more staff. If you go to a yes. bank saying that I, I need to staff up, I need more employees and then you show them that you have a government contract. Okay. Um it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to get a loan than if you Absolutely. just say that you want to staff up without any guarantee of income coming Absolutely. in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just that contract Not- value that you have could you yeah. can leverage. Yeah, you can leverage that to get access to capital. Exactly um now does the government require a certain level of um infrastructure um to um award you that contract so if i'm selling i don't know if okay so say for instance i have like a um, a rent a porta toilet business uh-huh. and i need to like um i i i only have 3 porta toilets and now i got this big government contract from fema uh mm-hmm. with like hey there's a storm you know there's a storm coming to Florida right now in Tallahassee
1: we're going to yeah. need about
0: 30 porta toilets or 500 <laughs> you don't have that money are they expecting you to are they only going to give it to the cu- the companies that already have the capacity to service their government contract yeah so you have to demonstrate that you so so basically if there's a minimum qualification then you actually have to meet that minimum qualification but this is where creating partnerships and working with other small businesses that can help you reach that capacity is going to be key. So maybe you only have three, but maybe there's, you know, a couple other businesses that can help you reach that capacity of having 30 together collectively. And so those are the players that when you pitch, hey, we can we can solve that problem. Here's our team. Here's how many, you know, porta-potties that we have to to meet the minimum qualifications. So that that's where they're like the collective, I call it collective economics. You're like you have to share the wealth. Um, in order sometimes to meet those requirements. I love that. You have to share the wealth. And there's nothing wrong with partnering, you know, so I, I love that you, you said that. Well, mm-hmm. um, thank you so much. Now we're going go to go into just learning more about your book and how can people work with you. Absolutely. Great. Great question. So so I do have a book. It's called Don't Duck the Government, They've Got Your Money. And it's all about how you can make millions pitching and winning government contracts. Um, in that book, it kind of breaks down, you know, some of the uh, the information to getting started, who you need to know, who you need to become, all of that stuff. But also we have a, in order to work with me, I do have a prerequisite. Um, I have a five-day challenge, or I call it the GovCon immersion experience, um, where over the five-day period we show you um, everything that you need to have in the business foundation to pre-qualify yourself for government contracts so during that experience if you go to govconchallenge.com you can actually get registered and during that experience um, you learn all the documents that you need to have to qualify. Um, how to market yourself to the government. You actually learn um, how much the government is spending on your stuff, and actually how to unlock the, the multi-million-dollar services within your business. Because most people don't really know how to position themselves. They don't know if the government buys buy their stuff. If they have an inkling that it that the government does, they don't know how much the government is spending on that. So we walk you through that, so you can come out with a realistic game plan of executing the next steps. And so. That is a prerequisite. So you want to go to govconchallenge.com in order to register to work with me in that five-day GovCon immersion experience. Awesome. And um, now we're going into the rapid-fire questions. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Favorite vacation? My favorite? Vacation. Oh, my favorite vacation. So. My favorite like I go on cruises a lot. I love Saint uh what is it called? Saint Martin. So Mar- Saint Martin is an island that's in, in yes. the Caribbean. Absolutely my favorite place to go. So yes. Oh, uh, nice. Um yeah, I, I hear cruises are amazing, like any it's very addictive. <laughs> like you like as soon as you're over one, you're like at a counselor, like registering for the other one. Are you like that? Exactly. Yep I am. I've gone to <laughs> This is my twenty second year of cruising, um, back to back in a row. With the exception of COVID when it was shut down for like three years. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Is there a particular time of year you like to cruise? Summer. So usually July where, you know, there's not there's not a lot of like um tropical storms or anything happening, it's really beautiful. Um, yeah, so July is usually the, the time of the year that I that I cruise. Nice. All right favorite book? You know, my favorite book is a book by John Maxwell called Make Today Count. It has helped me to become more productive in my daily efforts. Um, Because I used to get bogged down with all the to-dos, you know, throughout the day. You know, checking your email, you spend you if know, you spend like hours just checking an email, and then you're you're, you're distracted right. with social media. And so I have to learn how to be more highly productive in a way that it makes sense, like like real sense, you know, in my business. So John Maxwell makes Today day count is one of my favorite books. I love John Maxwell. Okay, thank, thank you. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie. Love Jones. <laughs> I have watched that movie. Oh, my god! A hundred plus times. And I, can, I know every line. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the Yeah, that is my movie right there. <laughs> that was such a good movie. Oh, my gosh. And you yeah. know what? With that movie, it came out recently, I think, on Netflix, like a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And it aged well. You know, like sometimes you watch yeah. things that you haven't watched in a while. And you're like, oh, I'm not going like it. Yeah. Like, I've watched some shows in the past, so I'm like, uh, it's yeah. not as good as it was back in the day, but Love, Jones, it, it stays, yeah. it stands the test of time. It, it, the music, yes, the vibe, yeah. everything about it. The chemistry with Tima Ren State and Mia uh, Long, it was just yeah. a really good movie. They, uh, yeah, I remember when I first watched it, like, I was going into college, and I was like, I just want that to be my life. I want my friends to be like that. Yeah. I want life. Yeah. To be my life. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, so myself and my husband, we actually started doing like spoken word, open mic poetry events because of that movie. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, wow. it's, we, still, we still host them in the city uh, called First Tuesday Spoken Word because I thought it would be a great place for like to create a platform for expression. For people who are, like, artists and, you know, they want to talk about social justice and they want to talk about all these other things, but they don't really have a spot to do that. So we open up a mic um, and allow people to do that artistically through spoken word. I love that. Which city are you in? I know you're out west. Are you still in San Francisco area? (laughs) Yeah, San Francisco. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, nice. All right. Um, And what's your superpower in business? You know, I like that question. And nobody really asked that question, but i think I think for me, my superpower is my authenticity like I truly love helping people ever since I can remember since I was a little kid I've always been a helper and a giver that's what I've been, and so that shows up in my business and actually it it like Transcends, you know, through my clients, they they can feel that I'm authentic, that I that I really want to help them, and that I really love seeing people win, and I love sharing information, and I want to see more people, especially people who look like me, I want to see more people create wealth, it's it, because I've been able to do it. In in out of circumstances and situations where it should not even have been possible, like ever. But I found the one thing that helped me to position myself to create generational wealth, and I literally want to see more, especially women, become multimillionaires, and especially Black and Brown people become, you know, wealth creators. And so for me, it's my authenticity, like being able to be transparent and to, and to share that with my clients. And I can sense that as well, as even as I'm interviewing you. Um, you know, we began this interview with you telling me how you, your childhood was and what was it like growing up, um, how you had, you know, a great childhood. You had everything you needed. But what has this wealth in your business, how has it changed your life? Oh, my God. So literally, okay, so I think there's that word again, literally. Um, so it allows me. <laughs> <laughs> it allowed me, like, to have the time freedom to be able to travel the globe. I've never traveled so much more, you know, in my entire life. And I've been able to, to travel, have the lifestyle that I want um, while creating generational wealth. And it allowed me the ability to be able to do that with a baby. So I had a baby during becoming a multi-millionaire with a baby. So for Welcome. all the entrepreneurs that are out there like, I have a baby, now my life got to stop. I got to pause it. and it's, it's hard. Like, literally, I was like, I'm going to strap this baby on and we're going to go out here and we're going to change lives. And in the process, we're going to be highly blessed just for helping transform other people's lives, right? I understand mm-hmm. my calling and I understand the purpose is to give and to seed into other people and god would always be a blessing to be because of that right and so those are the things that um how in ways that it's changed my life it, it take it took me from you know living in urban communities that are blighted to be able to um purchase my my very first house but not only that purchase rental properties and not only that it gave me the ability to own acres and acres of land and now truly i can say i'm an heir i'm an heir of the Most High King who is rich in houses and land. And now I actually get to um, experience in real life what it's like to be a child of God abundantly because our our calling, we were all born to become abundantly blessed, right, to be fruitful and to multiply and to be able to replenish the earth. And so I feel like I'm walking in my calling, and my business allowed me to be able to do that. But most of all, the government is funding that legacy, and I really want more people to be able to See the government as a partner who can actually fund their legacies as well. I love that. I love that. Well, um, this is Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, and we are on a veranda, but if you were to spend an afternoon on the veranda with someone living or deceased, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. Who would it be and why? Um that's a challenging question for me. So, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world that's no longer with us is Michael Jackson. And why would he? Why would it be him? Number one, I think he was a genius. He's very brilliant. He understands business and musically. I'm a lover of music ever since I was a kid. I've always sang and danced and all the. And he, I've been a fan since you know since since I can remember. Um, so definitely it would, it would be Michael Jackson. I would love to pick his brain because he, he sowed seeds um, in his music, if you really pay attention to the things that he was saying, that made us aware of things that we are unaware of. And it wasn't until after he, you know, he left this earth that I was able to truly understand that he was sowing seeds and trying to tell us a lot of messages in his music. And so definitely it would be him because I would love to pick his brain, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I just sometimes have a moment to think about Michael Jackson musically. Um, you know, Michael Jackson was doing music even before I was born, and my kids, they they know Michael Jackson's music. And yes. then just shows uh, his genius and his gifting that generations upon generations know yes. his music, listen to his music, enjoy his music, and that, that says a lot about just the gift that he has. And yeah. um, sometimes I'll, I'll be in the grocery store and, like, I want to dance with you, we'll come on, and, like, uh-huh. I'll start, sh- you know, shaking a little leg in the grocery store. And I'm like, and, of course, my yeah. kids know it, and kids coming up know the songs. And I just yeah. think that's just fascinating, that, like, that legacy of music and um, his genius, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, how can people learn more about you and to purchase your book and mm-hmm. to um get yeah. your, into your coaching business? I know you said it before, but just want to okay, remind yeah. people I'll leave it again so so you can follow me on social media on instagram. I'm at carwana d speaks on Instagram. You also can find me on YouTube to learn more about you know the free content that I put out there youtube.com forward slash carwana d and um, to get a copy of my book, you will go to DontDustTheGovernmentBook.com, so you can get it there. It's also available on Amazon, but if you get it from DontDustTheGovernmentBook.com, there's a small gift that comes with it, so you definitely want to get it there. Um, to work with me and to get pre-qualified in my program, the prerequisite is to join the Government Contracting Immersion Experience, um, and you will do that by registering at govconchallenge.com. So you want to register as VIP at govconchallenge.com. That's G-O-V-C-O-N-challenge.com. Registering as VIP allows you to join me backstage, and actually I get to be your coach throughout the week, and you get to ask me questions along the way. So you definitely want to join as um VIP. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Carwana. Thank you so much for joining me on the Veranda. This has been a pleasure. You are like, you're like full of knowledge, and I, I really hope that um, those who are listening will take heed, tap into knowledge, go on her website, get her book, you know, learn about how you could transcend your life, your community, your situation with government contracting. Thank Uh you again. Thank you.